Good evening, godless sodomites. Not after I kick the goat out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little out of context drop for this episode, I guess, because we're going to start right now. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the excommunication station. I am your host, Chaz. I'm just joined by Donovan today. Uh, Chrissy is a bit under the weather. Um, tried to get a hold of her a little bit ago, but I think she's going to skip today. And this is just kind of a one-off episode. It still does deal with our pornography series, mm. but it's going to come to a close with this episode. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of a fun today. So sit back and relax and strap on or strap in. Um, you ready to get your hairy palms ready there, Donovan? Oh my god. Yeah, I'm just, I was just reading some of the stuff you sent me while you were doing the intro, and I'm, yeah, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> oh my god. All right. We are your hip new youth pastors, and... Having heard his joyous proclamation, Monty enters the scene. Shocked and slightly embarrassed at the slight of Chazzy in a towel, Monty regains his composure and comments, Why are you wearing your cocks not when you should be praying? Chaz is taken aback. The thought had never occurred to him. Pray? What would this mean? What will become of him? What will become of his beef bullet? Chazzy wonders. Should I pray when I spray? Should I pray when I spray? Should I pray? 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 When I spray. And this is the Inquisition. See, this is where we're missing Chrissy, where she just doesn't say anything for a second, and then she just starts laughing right. and just calling us <laughs> assholes. So, but, uh, yeah, she breaks the tension a little bit. Instead, we're yeah. just like maniacally. We're just maniacs. <laughs> uh, Donovan, did you get anything cool for Christmas, even though this is going to come out like like two weeks afterwards? But still. Uh, yeah, I did. I got some pretty cool stuff. Uh my wife got me like a smaller version of one of the stuffed animals I had when I was a kid that I slept with every night. So it's pretty cool. And she got me a Mothman poster. It says the Whoa. man, the, the man, the myth, the Mothman. And it's like a big fucking thing of him. And you just see the bridge over and like in the cell. It's really fucking dope. I was, really I was cool. running around the house going, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> <laughs> They're just staring at me. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh... What about you? Um, so I got the, I got this little travel kit that I asked for that I take in the car with me. Uh, it just has like, I'm really particular about ear hair, nose hair and stuff like that. Ah. So like, I, I like really do a really good job of taking care of that stuff. Right. Um, so I asked for something to do that one way to work, but I also, um, I also got a membership to the satanic temple. So I am now a member of the satanic temple. So I am very happy and stoked That's about dope. that. Yeah. So I don't know, Chaz. Will that make your views a bit biased on here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a with uh, a pastor or reverend in the Universalist Life Church or whatever yeah, see, it's called. 
that's one that's one of the things we talked about early on when we first started talking i think all three of us got ordained in that yeah and we don't talk about that enough on here we should really make that a gimmick on this yeah <laughs> we all are ordained uh i'm, a, I'm also a dudist priest um which is through the the church of the lebowski um so, so amazing yeah um i have a certificate somewhere for that also so anyway yeah so that's about the cool things i got for christmas um what did you say the first thing you got was oh so i got i had this little uh i had this dinosaur when i was a kid it was an applause stuffed animal and they like the the texture on them is like really it's like quilt fabric and when i was a kid like the texture of it and stuff i would like just sleep with it all the time you know like one of those like you know uh uh like safety blanket kind of things and Mm -hmm. i had it when i was a kid and i eventually lost it and my wife found one on ebay she thought it was the same one but when she got it it's like a two inch version of it and she was like super upset but for me it was the texture anyway so i still get to rub it with my fingers and i'm like this is fucking fantastic and i like it's just it's really cool it's super awesome that's pretty cool yeah at least it wasn't those little uh porcelain things on the side of your bed that Dude, fuck you. She joked about that. She fucking listened to that episode. (laughs) She has not listened to episodes in a while because she said sometimes it gets too real. She's like, I'm going to listen to the porn one. And it's fucking now she won't stop mentioning these fucking dolls. (laughs) You never told me that. I'm like, yeah, it's embarrassing. Oh, so you said it on a recording for hundreds of people to hear. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, we got to do the listeners. Yeah. We gotta make content one way or another, but right. uh um, but we need to do the most important thing now, and that is to pray. So hold the hand of the person next to you, and if you're driving, let Jesus take the wheel. It's time now for the old time gospel hour with Jerry Falwell, pastor of the Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Good morning, and I welcome you to the morning service at the Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm Jerry Folwell, pastor here, and it's a real joy every Sunday morning over this station at this time to share with you our morning worship service. Isn't it grand to be a Christian? You know, this morning about 2,000 or more people are here as usual in our Sunday school service and in our preaching hour. The church building, as I walked out of it a few moments ago into my study here, is packed and jammed, people seated all around the altar, in the lobbies, in the stairwells, and every aisle packed with extra chairs. It's good to see God's house jammed to capacity. That's the case today. And listen, don't you dare leave your television set. Here's why. Our guest speaker today, Reverend Grady Wilson, associate evangelist to Dr. Billy Graham. Grady Wilson's message will follow in about 15 minutes from right now. Don't, by all means, don't miss out. In a few moments, I'll tell you how you can get, for the last time, your Schofield Reference Bible. I'll tell you all about it shortly. Now, let's go into the main service.
Yeah, the other thing was she was listening to that while she was at work, so I was just getting texts while she was like live tweeting oh it basically to me. So she goes, at one point she goes, hentai, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> She's like, I kind of could have figured that, I guess. I'm like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get this started. Uh, so, uh, I didn't send you this script, so this you're no. kind of flying by the seat of your pants right now. That's um, what I'm saying. The stuff you did send me, I'm already like, what the fuck? <laughs> March 6th, 1978. It was a Monday around noon when Hustler Magazine's owner, Larry Flint, and his attorney, Gene Reeves, exited a small cafeteria in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Flint was on trial for misdemeanor, misdemeanor obscenity charges. Uh, they were in a lunch break from the trial. Two shots from a 44 Magnum rang out. One shot went through Flint and went through Reeves' arm, stomach, and rested in his pancreas. The other shot shattered Flint's spine, and he would never walk again. He what? spent the next few years in the spiral of success, drugs, alcohol, depression, and anger. Dude. But he he would always ride around in his gold plated wheelchair, which made him was like a famous thing, kind of like Hugh Hefner's mm. uh, smoking jacket. So. Dude, this I'm not going to lie. I never knew why that motherfucker was in a wheelchair uh, as a little kid. He was in a wheelchair to me, I think. When yep. did you say it happened again? In the 80s, right? Uh, 78. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So honestly, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Uh, growing up the way we did about how, like, you know, all this shit was super sinful and gross, like borderline sodomy and Go Sodom mm -hmm. and Gomorrah kind of shit. I was like, oh, that just serves them right being in a wheelchair. He's a sinner, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. I never wondered why. <laughs> Jesus. So much compassion. Uh, well, you're gonna right. figure it. This, this part's great. Uh, the Christian empathy not... is the best. <laughs> <laughs> The trigger man would not be caught for a few years, and his guilt was still in doubt until just days before his execution in 1997 when he admitted to the crime. But the man was Joseph Paul Franklin, who was also known as the racist killer. A man what? who had murdered 22 people, mainly Jews and black people. What? Franklin was also extremely anti-pornography and believe just about everything we talked about last week. He was a real-life inspiration behind William Luther Pierce's follow-up to the Turner Diaries in the novel The Hunted. Um, so, real-life yeah. shit going on there. Um, <laughs> uh, around the same time, and I purposely left that out of last week's episode also. I was going to include okay. it, but I was like, fuck, I should do an episode about that. Oh, so, I got you. Um, around the same time in Lynchburg, Virginia... The fucking bastards of all evangelical bastards built his empire with Liberty University and was just months of 
from forming the moral majority with Tim LaHaye, Paul Weirich, Charles Stanley, D. James Kennedy, and Greg Dixon, and others. Mm. He had already been part of the ever-expanding Christian media world when he started his old-time gospel hour in 1956. <laughs> now, uh, Jer Jerry Falwell and Larry Flint were from different alleys but produced similar rats. Mm. They were both power-hungry, motivated by their own influences and money. They were moving to become becoming the biggest dickheads in both of their respective fields. Well, Flint was born on November 1st, 1942 in Eastern Kentucky. He was raised poor and in a broken home and surrounded by a lot of tragedy and discourse. Mm -hmm. So he did what just about anybody could do at that time. And he lied to get out of the situation and join the army at 15. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of dudes that were just like, <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, just fuck this shit. Uh, but I mean, the uh, only I thing you really do is go west or, you know, join the mm -hmm. army. So, right. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, after he was discharged, he took $1,800 from his savings and bought a bar in Dayton, Ohio, fixed it up and became a successful business owner. He was able to buy two more bars uh, before he put his sights on an upscale club. Oh, shit. He opened. He opened the Hustlers Club, where his oh. waitresses would wear less clothes and be friendlier, and the place would be more socialized rather than the bar atmosphere. <laughs> that sounds like a weird way to promote it. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we wear less clothes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You've been but to Hooters? It's like, it's like Hooters, but, you know, less clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Try the wings. Uh. <laughs> The Hustlers Club took off and was so successful, he was able, he was able to open up five more Hustler Clubs in all yeah. the major Ohio cities. <laughs> of course. In 1972, Flint decided to start selling a two-page black-and-white magazine with partially nude women from his clubs. They, as uh -huh. you can guess, became incredibly popular. It's almost, it almost sounds like the beginning of uh, what's that magazine with Bat Boy and shit, National Enquirer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the origin story of Bat Boy. <laughs> By 1974, Hustler became a full color magazine. Hustler made a name for itself <laughs> by going further than his competitors like Playboy, Penthouse, or High Society. In November 1974, Hustler shocked the world by publishing the first ever quote-unquote pink shot mm. or a woman with her legs open and showing the inside of her vagina. That uh, was something that was discussed thoroughly in my church by all the dads, all the dudes about how like that, that was the magazine that had those specifically mm -hmm. and they were the worst ones and the most sinful because they go further and show that. And I remember hearing that at a very young age and like mentally noting like vaginas in hustler. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So well, I mean, playboy is, is pretty soft core. Um, and then you have Penthouse, which goes a little bit further, and then you have Hustler and Larry Flint and just whatever goes, you know. Debauchery. He, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, uh, in 1975, he made another big splash when he bought pictures of Jackie Onassis sunbathing for $18,000. Oh, published He published them, and his membership went from a few thousand to two million. 
Oh man, I if those are probably on the internet. Probably. For, Do you want a minute? I'm just saying that for the listener, if they would like to know, they're probably there. I mean, if you, do you confirmed. need like confirmed, confirmed, you need like 30 seconds, like no, like a screenshot. It we're good. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. All right. We're good to go. <laughs> also, in 1975, Hustler punished was, uh, sorry, I pushed punished here. Uh, also in 1975, Hustler published an interracial sex scene. Oh, this snap. scene is what sent Joseph Paul Franklin over the edge and on a mission to kill Flint. Oh, man. Really? Franklin believed that the Jews were in charge of pornography and that Flint was doing the Jews' work by infecting the world with interracial sex, and he needed to be stopped. Jesus. Now, Flint diversified his smut and expanded his empire of jism. <laughs> he started publishing more magazines like Taboo, which focused on kinks. Oh, barely boy. legal, which focused on women from 18 to 23. Hmm. Beaver hunt. So I guess they got into the outdoors bracket. <laughs> I don't know. They uh, sold exclusively at Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> oh, honey, look! They got the new. They got the new issue of Beaver Hunt right here. Look! Look! Look at these beavers. Oh shit! It comes with a coonskin cap. <laughs> I. This one has a naked beaver in the centerfold, a shaved beaver. <laughs> they sure are ugly without their fur. God damn. <laughs> he also published a more upscale magazine called Chic Magazine and uh, Asian Fever, which I assume dealt with, you know, hot Canadian women. Um, but <laughs> pretty much from the jump. Flint was the spotlight of controversy, and he absolutely <laughs> loved it. Hell yeah! Outside of pornography and in hus and hustler, Flint loved to push the envelope of what society saw as acceptable, and also taking shots at what he did for a living. Larry Flint always knew he was a piece of shit, loudmouth smut peddler, and he was proud of it, and to a fault. See, I was going to say he was like the Tromo of the porn world, but he's oh, yeah. more successful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good way of uh, describing it and putting it together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. In 1976, he was charged with obscenity and organized crime. He was found mm -hmm. guilty and sentenced to 7 to 25 years in jail, but only Damn. served 7 days. Uh, his conviction was overturned. Um, that same year, he published a cartoon that insinuated that the penthouse owner had infected his wife, Kathy Keaton, with gonorrhea. Mm. Keaton sued, and his and the case went all the way to the Supreme Court over if Keaton could bring a case against Flint in a state she did not live in. She filed the original suit in Ohio, but time had run out. Uh, for her to file, so she filed it in New Hampshire, which was a, had a longer timeline for her to file. Mm. Flint was arrested during the Supreme Court hearing because he yelled out, quote, Fuck this court, you're nothing but eight assholes and a token cunt. Oh, whoa. Uh, that's a spicy meatball. Right. <laughs> I, almost, I almost turned into Alex Jones because of that. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Uh, he lost the case, but it wasn't about money, and it was never about money for Larry Flint. <laughs> uh, 
That's that sounds like the Godfather for sure. <laughs> yeah. Flint was ruled to pay over two million dollars to Caton, but it mattered more to him that he lost and that his free speech rights were taken away from him. Flint mm. believed that he should be able to say or print whatever he wanted, and it was up to citizens to decide what they wanted to consume or not. It wasn't the government's organizations using the governments to silence anyone. Flint believed that if you silenced the shit he was published, he was going to publish, you could build an argument to silence anyone. And thus True. he would he would push the line and fight back to make sure that this didn't happen. And he found an enemy in Jerry Falwell. Oh shit. Now Liberty, Jerry... Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> Falwell was born in 1933 and raised in Lynchburg, Virginia. He was raised pretty rich. His grandfather and father were both pretty anti-God. Uh, his father was a bootlegger. Um, mm. His father did run legit businesses, uh, and he actually um, he was actually mm. one of the first people to fix up a gas station with a restaurant. So, uh, that but he was, was a bootlegger his... too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, I don't really remember too much of that show because I wasn't really allowed to watch it because of Daisy Dukes. Uh, see, that was my, I guess, because it was an old show. I guess I was still allowed to watch it because I watched that shit a lot, but I I don't give a fuck. Catherine Bach was like 60 by the time I was watching it, and that meant no difference to me. Yeah, but she, uh, his father was a bootlegger, and then um, he oh, also <laughs> he he no 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 it's fine. He ran gas stations, and he was like, "Hey, let's put a uh, a restaurant onto this gas station," and kind of created something that hadn't been done before, and kind of revolutionized the way that we run mm. in this world. So you know what would fit our BP would be a fucking McDonald's. Change the goddamn world. <laughs> I need my $5 foot long. Uh, his, fa- his father ran illegal games uh, all over the place, but he also was a huge alcoholic and was incredibly cruel. Ah. He even killed his own brother, but to p- much praise from the town because what? his brother was an even worse drunk and piece of shit than him. Jesus. Um, but this made his father's drinking worse. <laughs> no shit um holy I fuck heard, what a I dynamic heard, i heard somewhere that he had that jerry falwell had a friend over and his father said look out for the bugs or look out for the flies and he took out a gun and shot it at the kid's foot and like was up got him and like thought it was the funniest thing in the world but like scared the shit out of the kid so, like, that's the kind of level of cruelty he his father was like. Um, that so. sounds like some shit from, like, National Lampoon's Vacation, like Uncle Eddie's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking insanity. Yeah. That's really scary. Dad says I'm the best at French kissing. I, I, for some reason, I knew that that was going to be your pool. <laughs> Jerry's father died when Jerry was 15 from cirrhosis of the liver. I was not around. I was not at the house. Jerry's mother didn't want the life of crime and alcoholism for her son, so she would play Christian programs on the radio to try Mm. to influence him. 
And uh, Jerry's mom was a huge Baptist. Um, At at first, he was just like his dad. He started driving it when he was 10 uh, and was also a cruel son of a bitch with his asshole pranks like beating people up or when he lit a town street on fire or when he he took a snake and let it loose in class or when he tackled a suspected gay teacher, took his pants off and nailed him to a wall elsewhere in the school. But apparently the death of his father changed him, but come on, he will always be a fuck face. Uh, that is, uh, yeah. that's a lot for a kid. Yeah, Let the lighting the street being. on yeah, the lighting the street on fire I think was an accident, but he was trying to light something on fire outside of this person's house he was trying to intimidate and uh I mean, yeah, that one I can on get. Fire. Yeah, that I was going to say like the first couple you ne- mentioned, I was going to say is this the fucking like old school black and white little rascals? Like what <laughs> the fuck is going on? But then you mentioned the hate crime at the end, so I didn't say that. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, I've I fucking accidentally lit a, gr- a dumpster on fire once just because I was being a dumb kid. You know what I mean? So I get I let my happen. I let my porch on fire once trying to kill a spider. So it just it I just happens. To, yeah, I just wanted to see styrofoam melt, <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it burned. Oh, everything's gone now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but no this was to hurt some to try to to try to stoke fear in someone. So yeah, that's not cool stuff. That's, yeah, and he was ten. Uh, he started to drive when he was ten. Uh, apparently, his father him taught him how to do it. That was kind of, I guess, normal back then. Um, and he yeah. was like driving on the street, like back streets and everything. But he was one of the oh. only kids that had a car. Uh, you know, at a younger age, so he wow. kind of became like the ringleader of uh the bad kids. And he had his own gang uh that, with his buddies, and they were called the Wall Gang. The wall gang, the wall gang, because they used to hang out at the wall burgers all the time. But is that any association with the Mark Wahlberg wall? No. Yeah, that was a joke. You missed it. Never mind. Uh, Because they used to they used to hang out. They used to sit. (laughs) It was the dumbest reason. There was a cafe in the town and there there was a wall next to it and they used to just sit on top of it. So the police called them the wall gang. I really want to give a lot more appreciation to your your Wahlburgers joke because I thought it was a real place because, uh, you know, <laughs> celebrities are known to just take over names <laughs> and just make a brand out of it. So I was like, oh, cool. The original Wahlburgers. Oh, too <laughs> stupid for this shit. That was a good joke, Chaz. <laughs> hey, come on, boys. Let's go hang out on the wall again. There's nothing else to do in this town. Hey, how you, how you boys doing? You want to sit up on a wall? You want a couple burgers? You want a couple fries? <laughs> sit down. Hey, hey, here you go. Say hi to your mother for me. What are we going to do today, guys? Like, hang out on the wall, I guess. <laughs> right. Now, I brought chalk. Oh, that's going to spice it up a bit. Write my name. <laughs> uh, but uh, right before he graduated, him and his wall gang stole thousands of dollars worth of meal tickets from the cafeteria and gave them out to all the students. Oh, that's um, kind of cool. Kind of cool, but also kind of shitbaggy at the same time. I mean, I, I would appreciate if he was like a punk rock kid, like or like somebody like a like a greaser or something but he was just an asshole i get what um, you're saying like if it was like um uh, it seems like it was just a he just did it to be a dick rather than for like a movement or like an actual to help people yeah he's yeah, like fuck yeah. you <laughs> uh when he was 19 he turned his life over to jeebus oh okay uh 
God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all came into Jerry. Uh, when when Jerry started going to church, uh, he took a eye towards the piano and some blood moved to the head of his penis because <laughs> the person playing the piano was a young woman named Maisel Pate or Pate, I guess, P-A-T-E. Uh, she was uh, tapping those keys and Jerry fell mm. in love. My God, you are an amazing pianist. <laughs> uh, wonderful. The, the next day is why I love doing this podcast and shows the exact breaking the law that Jesus spoke about when it came to lusting and coveting after a woman. And this is where your needle drop, Judas Priest. Go. Uh, the relationship that millions of evangelical Christians wanted on the surface was built against the verse that has come up against us that has caused so much pain and depression. Marcel was already engaged to a young man who attended Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. You piece of shit. Jerry became obsessed with Marcel. He had, uh, he had. Sorry, uh, he had to have her to his own. He wanted to destroy their relationship, so he thought of a totally normal, healthy, and sane plan. He would enroll in the college of Baptist Bible College, relocate with a 14-hour drive, become roommates with Maycell's fiance, monitor all the mail that was sent to their room, steal all the letters from Maycell. Maysell would get mad that her fiancé isn't writing her back and assume the worst, and then Jerry would move in for a caring shoulder for Maysell. A few months later, Maysell and Jerry were dating and eventually engaged and married. How do you like that for a love story? That sounds like the first season of You without the murder. <laughs> oh, we I mean, we can't confirm any murders. How fucking... Uh psychotic is that that is super fucking crazy that so is, this uh he, he i'm just he trying to wrap it? my mind around that this fact that this is a real like a real person because like you know sometimes you just like you disassociate the story and like that's a crazy yeah. story it's just this wow that's fucking insane that's that's manipulation stalking being that's so predatory yeah it's scary yeah so mesa was um I keep saying Maisel, Maisel, I guess uh, she was engaged to another man um, and he was going to this college, which was 14 hours away from where they where they lived. And he decided to enroll and become his buddy. That's that's creepy too. like become his buddy just to take, you know. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. See, I didn't even yeah. realize that aspect of it. I thought you were saying he was at her college and monitoring her mail. No, no. His. Oh, that's even fucking crazier. Oh, God. That's like talented Mr. Ripley shit. Isn't it? Ugh. It's like he fucking... moves in with him, like gets a dorm room with him, moves in with him, monitors the mail, starts stealing all the letters from Maycell and throwing them out or keeping them. So he doesn't think that he's getting any mail. He gets pissed and kind of fucks off and like just like doesn't want to talk to her. And she's thinking that like he's not responding to any of these letters I'm sending. Meanwhile, Jerry's getting all the letters probably jacking off to him. Oh, and, my God. And now he's gone. They're broken up. And now he moves in. And every time Jerry talks to her before she even gets the chance to say that she hasn't heard from him, he's probably like, oh, it's real. It's a real shame you haven't heard from your from your fiance, isn't it? Oh, it's real. <laughs> Oh, real whoopsie do. 
And then he's he's like asking her about the tests that he has next week because she wrote it in the letter. He's like, how did you know that? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you have a fictional radiator. <laughs> that is it's like, honestly, I was writing. I was writing. I was like, this is so fucking psychotic. Like it, that if, is. if if I if my, either of my kids ran into a significant other that I got a whiff of this, I'd be like, yo, you've got to run away as far as possible um but uh that's yeah. yeah charges could be filed literally oh yeah you're for, you're that's you're fucking with the mail for one thing um, well, but yeah here, so that's here's jerry my falwell. question how's their marriage how that marriage end is it's jerry falwell's marriage they stayed married for life as far as i know um really i know that junior has said stuff about their marriage um and that she was very uptight and he was very uh well, we know how lib- he turned out yeah but his his father was like oh his father used to drink his the baptist i think he called it the baptist cocktail mm-hmm. which was just nyquil oh instead of drinking alcohol what? he would just drink nyquil if we can just up. start calling drinking random thing we can just drink random shit and name it whatever the fuck we want i'm gonna start doing that all the time I didn't know that yeah. that was a fucking option. I'm gonna start yeah. calling orange juice way cooler things. <laughs> like yeah, but Batman's but, blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? But that's Sorry. the way dad dad could get away with get away with sinning without sinning. It's just giving it cutesy names. Well, that and it's not alcohol. It's it's uh, it's like Jesus juice. I can get my 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 fucking buzz on. Um with like get my pause on like legally um so anyway this is um, my baptist cocktail <laughs> dad gets dad gets giddy when he gets home from walgreens <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he found him a couple times in the front seat of the car just like green juice just dripping out of the side of his mouth <laughs> right and then he wakes up he's like my scissor <laughs> <laughs> By 1956, the Falwells were back in Lynchburg, and they were married, and they were back in Lynchburg. Uh, the local Baptist church had gotten, uh, he had gotten saved and was falling apart with infighting and politics. Falwell decided to, Falwell oh, decided to start his own Gosh. church, the Thomas Road Baptist Church, outside of town to cater to the people who were sick of the bullshit. Dude, it's sm- so crazy how much that bender meme goes with every fucking time we talk about one of these asshats. I'm going to start my own, you know, with hookers yeah. and booze. <laughs> yep. Uh, he built a small community within the church where he made a house for unwed mothers and for alcoholics. Oh. Uh, also in 1956, Jerry jumped into radio and early television and started the old time gospel hour which would eventually take the Falwells to the stratosphere. He became one of the first TV televangelists, or he became one of the first televangelists. Uh, His church exploded and became one of the first megachurches in the country. Hmm. Falwell became one of the most influential preachers. Uh, He did what many pastors did at the time and railed against Satan, sins of vice, communism, and so on. Mm -hmm. But Falwell... Well, he didn't think that black children should be able to go to school with white kids. Why are you saying this out loud? Why are you saying this out loud? It's a secret. From equal in his sights and examination of evolving opinions of race in the life of Jerry Falwell Sr. by Catherine Legg. Mm. 
1958, four years after the groundbreaking Supreme Court decision in Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka, Falwell preached a sermon at Thomas Road Bible Baptist Church entitled Segregation or Integration, which he stated that chaos resulted from Brown's ruling and that there is, quote, there is more racial tension than there has been in the history of the Negro stay in America, end quote. They always it, say that. His, his argument relied on two traditional objections to integration, quote, the hamatic curse or hamatic hammock. Hematic, I guess I hematic is the way I've, I've always said it. Right. Uh, the hematic the curse and the eschatology view of communism. End what quote. I'm too uh, dumb for these words. <laughs> the view that uh, was taught by the Baptist Bible Fellowship, which was that the overreaching organization of the Baptist Bible College. Falwell continued in the sermon We have left God out of the decisions altogether. If Chief Justice Warren and his associates had known God's word and had desired to do the Lord's will, I am quite confident that the 1954 decision would have never been made, end mm. quote. Oh. Throughout the rest of the sermon, Falwell cited Bible passages including Deuteronomy 32.8 and Genesis 9.18.27 that he argued proved that God's ordained segregation of races. While, he's, while he said that, quote, the soul of the Negro is just as valuable in the sight of God as the soul of the white man, end quote. He also added that, quote, when God has drawn a line of distinction, we should not attempt to cross that line, end quote. He viewed segregation as respecting God's law, not as an offense to personal humanity. So, so his, played... his line was basically the color of the skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that's so line. fucking disgusting. He blamed white men for the problem of segregation altogether, saying that the issue would not exist if they had not brought black men and women to the United States as slaves from Africa. <sighs> Falwell continued, quote, If we persist in tearing down God's barriers, God will punish us for it. 9-11. <clears throat> the theory of communism uh... is social e <laughs> equality. But there is no such thing. Oh. Souls are equal. Souls are of equal value and importance. But that is as far as we can go. The true Negro does not want integration. Integration. He realizes his potential is be far better with his own race. Who then is propagating this terrible thing? Finally, we see the devil is behind it. Oh what will God. integration of the races do to us? It will destroy our races eventually, end quote. Falwell said that the ultimate tragedy to occur, occur as a result of school integration would be marriages be, between races. He finished the sermon by saying that with prayer, the Supreme Court's opinion could be changed and that, quote, it is so easy to let the flesh dominate us, but if we live in constant fellowship with the Lord, he can enable to live a Christ-like life before others. End quote. Sorry, that was a long part from that parrot from that uh, journal entry. Uh, no, that, that was uh, that was important, man. Because I guarantee you, shit like that got buried. Oh for yeah, sure. 
especially as time went on and he was doing his best to stay relevant and shit, which, which we know he did in the Christian world and shit. Yeah. So that shit definitely got buried. So that definitely needs to be put back in the spotlight for sure. Uh, that's really fucking gross. I, 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 I that one fucking phrase that uh, a lot of racists use, it's like kind of one of those like dog whistle phrases or like a coding kind of thing where they say mm-hmm. uh, the true, you know, they say that. True Negro. Yeah. yeah, they they say that. And it's like it's stated like uh, like you're talking about an animal, like you're just like a species of like an exotic bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's so disrespectful. And it's just. Yeah, the, it it's saying that the the true black person wants to be subjugated and live within their own their own community, whereas these these communists and these evildoers are they want they're not true Negroes. They're um, yeah instigators and evil people and controlled by the devil. It's almost but, like uh, saying if you don't vote for me, you're not really black. <laughs> something like that you know what i mean joe biden Uh, (laughs) but no but also there's the fucking we we didn't even touch on the fucking fact that he's talking he's speaking for a whole race of people that he's never experienced their play yeah Yeah, oh yeah absolutely that what they what they really want is like no please tell us what they want like what the fuck Um, I know we've mentioned this before uh, and more than once, but Jerry was used by the FBI to go after Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement from. Oh, he sounds uh, like he was a fan, though, from (laughs) from Age of Intolerance by Max Blumenthal. Quote, he enlisted with he enlisted with J. Edgar Hoover to distribute FBI manufactured propaganda against the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and publicly denounced the 1964 Civil Rights Act as civil wrongs. In oh, 19- my God. Fuck you. In the 1964. No. Sorry, I'm gonna, I got to mute me for a second. I'm really fucking annoyed. In 1964 sermon. Uh, ministers and marchers Falwell attacked King as a communist subversive um, after questioning the sincerity and intentions of some civil rights leaders such as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mr. James Farmer, and others who are known to have left-wing associates, Falwell declared. It is very obvious that the communists, as they do in all parts of the world, are taking advantage of the tense situation in our land and are exploiting every incident to bring about violence and bloodshed. Preachers, preachers are called to not. Let me start that over. Preachers are not called to be politicians, but soul winners. He also ended quote. In other words, Jesus said, "Pay your taxes, forget politics, and serve me with all your hearts." End quote. End quote. That seems really contradictory to the way he lived. Well, well, well. So in a time of great civil unrest where many black and brown people were crying out for justice and just to not to be killed, the white evangelical Christian pastors told their fellow black pastors to shut up and dribble. Jesus. It is sort of like when Black Lives Matters was, well, let's not get into all the racist parallels here, but... Just a few years later, as we all know, 
when it came to installing Christian nationalism as a political platform of the Republican Party, Jerry demanded political action by all pastors of all denominations. In 1970, he, he asked for this specific sermon pamphlet to be recalled and destroyed. In 1980, he publicly denounced his own sermon. In response to the growing waves of white flight from cities and public schools following the Brown versus the Board of Education and the Civil Rights Movement, people like Jerry Falwell filled in the gap and opened up segregation academies. Oh, my God. In 1967, Jerry opened the Lynchburg Christian Academy through his Thomas Road Baptist Bible Church. Okay, let me just double check that I understand what's going on here. So just because shit started, the winds of change started coming along. He just discreetly started to be like, "Oops." Yeah, um, if uh, it is very hard to try to find some of these old sermons that he he did, like we said, he just pushed. He he got it buried. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he got. A, I'm sure he got a lot of this stuff destroyed thrown out um, i love how at the beginning he's like whites are all he's whites are always gonna be on top i can say whatever the fuck i want and then stuff starts changing he's like oh shit bring that back <laughs> <laughs> and it also was like uh well we actually have to be involved in politics so now i gotta throw this out when it doesn't serve me you're right um, i can say it when it serves me uh no pay your taxes guys <laughs> <laughs> Like, Wait, you're gonna tell that Christian school they can't have black they have to have black kids? Oh man, I'm not paying my taxes anymore. Did you um, check your Christmas cards? Is a Uno reverse in there? <laughs> uh the academy only stayed segregated for two years, uh, but they never officially said it was segregated. Uh there's a big thing about that I was trying to read where they never said they were actually segregated, but they technically were. Um they just didn't have any. They said they didn't have any black people uh, apply. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, what? But, uh, that uh, now, suspicious. <laughs> Falwell would come up with some great bullshit story about how he would get his shoes shined every Saturday before church. His mm. shoe shiner was a black man named Lewis. Oh boy! Lewis told him how much he loved his preaching. Falwell thanked him. Then Lewis asked him if he could come to his church and join them. Falwell claimed that he was taken aback because no black person had ever asked to join them all white people at a Thomas Road Baptist Church. Well, that happened Never. in 1963, that little story. And uh, of course, things didn't change overnight. Thomas Road and the school remained segregated. Um, I don't buy Falwell or his supporters for a second that he changed his mind over a moral conflict instead of a financial um, issue, um, as well as the battle with reality, right. or that he was ignorant to the fact that he didn't understand that black people might want to be accepted into his church. Yeah, that I'm sure that that guy was the first black person that ever tried to go in that church. Well, one of the most effective ways of protesting has been the kneel-in or sit-in. Mm. We were told stories of sit-ins or at diners or kneel-ins in front of the police. 
Something that we've never really been told about are the kneeling protests that happened within white churches across the South during the 1950s and 1960s. What? Oh, my God. That makes Most... total fucking sense. That Yeah, wow. Mostly college-age people, black and white, would go to churches and silently protest that even into the liberal churches who claim to be for the rights of black people, but they mm-hmm. wouldn't accept them into their own communities. Okay. It would be it would be filling a church that says they are filled with Christ's love and then filling it with drag queens and see how much love Christ people are filled with. Uh, it generally didn't work out well for civil for the civil rights people. Um, as most of the protesters were arrested or publicly tongue lashed, and some of them physically attacked inside the Good Lord's house, Thomas Road Baptist Church was the scene of such one of these civil rights protests during the time. Um, although what I found, uh, it probably happened outside of the church, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a lot of sense since it's one of the largest churches in the country at that time. Wow. Lynchburg was the site of one of the most famous sit-in uh protest of all time uh was was at a uh, at a diner um and they became known as the patterson six Mm. so i uh so for me to believe that jerry falwell um didn't understand think or believe that black people wanted to be included in communities which they have been excluded from for right. since their time being in this country um is asinine i right. don't believe it for a second um plus it like it contributes to to that like uh that weird fucking dynamic of someone being forced into a position and then like when they're like so forced into that position like they're scared to do anything else then the person who forced them there's like yeah see but they're happy anyway they don't want to mm-hmm. change look how happy they are you know mm-hmm. it's like the people that are always like apologists for fucking slavery where they're like oh but the weather was nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh this is like i was reading i'll send you the journal or the article i was reading in mm-hmm. but i was just like this makes total sense that they would do these kneel in and they would protest outside churches absolutely um, that's why when you said it it just like yeah i'm surprised does that still happen that's something that needs to happen a fuck ton now I, there was that one woman that did it in that was it was it joel osteen's church i don't know and i think i remember seeing it in another church where they all where uh some women stood up and oh uh, after yes. Roe got overturned yes um, i know what you're talking about yeah it was like a mega church it was like five of them right yeah uh yeah. i don't know what type of penalties come with that though um yeah. not saying that you shouldn't do it but i'm just i don't know what the what the legal because they're such fucking assholes you know they yeah and they got people on their fucking side and shit yeah because so. it would be really great if we could just like get a fucking mass exodus to the fucking that mega church which just did that fucking stupid Christmas play with the fucking people flying through the air mm-hmm. with the drums and shit. I'm like, okay, we will, we'll leave when we start seeing taxes being paid. Yeah, I mean, I I think you would only that would only work if you had something like a civil rights movement thing going on where you had ever like churches across the country getting heat hit every single week with protesters in oh, yeah. in and outside the sanctuaries um 
Well, considering how much fucking influence the church actually has on our country and, you know, how much uh, in control of everything that they really yeah. are by like, maybe that's a fucking stance we should start doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I crazy, advocate man. for it, but I just uh, uh, I know that a lot of percussions. Yeah, I know a lot of progressives would be like, well, that's kind of like a bridge too far. Like we can't go into their house of worship and i'll you know, suck I'm, my butt yeah yeah i was like fuck that <laughs> yeah uh, right like i get it if it wasn't coming, you know the majority fucking religion that wasn't controlling our fucking lives <laughs> yeah if they were coming into our bedrooms i wouldn't give a shit um, hell yeah right tell me how but, to raise uh, my fucking kids and live my life they can suck my butt <laughs> yeah fuck uh, that. getting back to the story but uh by night <laughs> It's all right. By 1970, Thomas Road uh, had oh, had a 3,600-seat sanctuary in a city of 64,000. They were the community of the community to listen to Jerry in just, uh, in not just this instant, but in most involving race. He was blissfully ignorant to the plight of the black person, mm. although he cumulatively probably spent months of his life reading writing and preaching on the subject prior to martin luther king's assassination it like wasn't Joss until Whedon writing about being a teenage girl josh sorry we- josh, josh harris joss whedon the guy who wrote oh, buffy oh, that yeah, was yeah. actually like a super weirdo that like was yeah predatory or josh sorry, harris <laughs> josh harris talking about having sex yeah um, that too <laughs> Uh, it wasn't until after Martin Luther King was murdered by the FBI, uh, the same organization Falwell held hands Fact. with in the fight against Martin Luther King, that Jerry let black people join his church. Mm. With the cost of some of the Th- Thomas Baptist families leaving, but Jerry wasn't an idiot. He was just an asshole because he thought it was an amazing idea to have George Wallace speak at his church in 1968. He also had Georgia governor Lester Maddox on the old time gospel hour. Quickly about Maddox. He ran a restaurant in Atlanta. He refused to serve gay people. I mean, he refused to serve black people. Um, uh, Would you believe this? The government said they couldn't refuse someone's service because of who they love. I mean, the color of their skin. Uh, so Maddox closed his shop and used his oppressed status to make it make it into the governor's mansion. Oh my god! Fucking hate these people. After <sighs> the assassination fucking of Martin, white motherfucking Americans, dude. Fuck after- you. After the assassination of Martin Luther King, he refused to have Martin Luther King's body lay in state at the Capitol. What? Jerry, Jerry also, yep. Jerry also had on former organize, organizer and member of the KKK, Senator Robert Byrd, speak at his church in 1970. Before what are Byrd you talking ha- about, Chaz? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. Before Bird had regretted and renounced his involvement in the organization and filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Amendment, which we know Jerry Falwell was vehemently against. So I got to stop doing this fucking podcast with you. I'm going to have a fucking aneurysm. I swear to God. This shit is insane. 
It's Send insane. Your kids to Liberty University. Regardless. Uh, alum, Tony Hale. Yeah, no, no, that was Regent University, sir. That oh. was the Pat Robertson, Pat Robertson oh. College. Yeah, we oh, never okay. talked about that. Tony Hale of uh, of uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Buster. In, uh, in Veep. <laughs> uh graduated from uh pat robertson's college these um, are my jesus awards mother <laughs> <laughs> uh regardless everything came up jerry uh he was a nationally recognized and respected pastor the old-time gospel hour was being played all over the country on tvs and radio his church was recognized as one of the biggest and fastest growing in the country he had his own school with the promise of opening his next venture Jerry took a step back for a few years and focused on Lynchburg Bible College, mm. which, because post-civil rights didn't want to be associated with hangings, changed its name in 1976 to wow. Liberty Baptist College. So that was the original oh, two names of Liberty University. Um, Jerry so, laid low. So Go ahead. Wait. Is that really, is that the, the origin of the town's name, Lynchburg? I don't know, honestly, I but I, I'm not entirely sure. That's they, where, as someone who knows, like, accepts the fucking true, like, origin of our country, that's what I assumed it was. Like, you know, like, just being like, oh, that's probably why that's, for, but if that's really what it's from, and then they are, like. No, it's... it was, it was, it was named for its founder, John Lynch, who started a ferry business across the James River but okay did you just look it yeah. up yeah i just did so okay i was gonna say you just told me you didn't now i feel like you're, i don't know what to believe anymore <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh but J jerry laid low uh until the mid 70s he then once again breaking his own rules that preachers shouldn't get involved in politics in 1976 said quote the idea that religion and politics don't mix was invented by the devil to keep Christians from running their own country. What? That sounds like something <laughs> like a fucking third grader would say. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Our fucking oh, Bobby Boucher's mother. <laughs> he was the one who fucking said that. Like he like shouldn't like be a like you fucking said oh, yeah, that, you even... fucking asshole. <laughs> I even fucking remember that. Holy shit. Oh, um, Donovan, wow. you know what else happened in 1976, the same time he said this? Staying Alive came out, or Saturday Night uh, Fever? No, maybe, but the, the IRS revoked Bob Jones University's tax-exempt status from 1970 uh, to 1976. Because of the segregation issue, right? Yep. Yeah. It's really hard to express the shockwaves that this decision sent around the evangelical right but mostly just the absolute filthy rich and influential within that community. Mm -hmm. This is one of the major reasons we are where we are today as a country, because Bob Jones University wanted to be racist asshats. Jerry started touring the country that very year with the I Love America rallies at state capitals. Oh, man, that sounds very reminiscent of another. Rally. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's really like this sticky web that Bob Jones University weave just by being racist and where we are today because of like what it motivated and pushed. Um, like one little small like 
fracture in their web. Yeah, they're like you can't, you cannot have tax exempt status if you don't let black people in here. And it's taken us where we are today. It's fucking amazing. You imagine um, how if they just decided to do one small other change, you know, like if you influence, if you like, you know, try to influence political stances. Mm-hmm. And you don't get your tax exempt status. That would change so much. Yep. It would even change if, if Bob Jones University went and said if they said, you know what, after reflection of our Christian values and and how much we love the Lord, uh, we have changed our decision. We're going to let black people in here and we're going to keep our tax taxes up status. And all this would have been like, I can't even imagine where we would be as a world if that would have happened. Um, But no. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, and then in 1979, Paul Weirich finally gets Falwell to join with him to form the Moral Majority. The small rallies grew and eventually formed into one of the most ignorant and shitty voting blocks this country has ever known. Falwell was now on the nightly news. He had more freedom to roam than someone like Mr. Pat Pat or Jim Baker, who were tied to lucrative TV networks. He could be on the nightly news and then CNN and then Good Morning America and then Donahue and then finish the week out on Meet the Press, all while doing the old time gospel hour, which was generating millions for his ministry. Um, we won't what do you go think over... was making more at the time, at, at like out of those guys? Who, if like I, personally, in, like not in, by, on the numbers, who do you think was the biggest at that time? Had a in pat. Pure... Yeah, in pure profit, I think it was probably <laughs> Falwell. Really? Um, I know that Liberty ran at like a loss for so many years and was saved by like rich benefactors, but I don't think that was like I don't think he was pouring his money into that like Pat Robertson poured his money into Regent. Um, but yeah, like the the lack of overhead, you know, when you consider that he didn't have that overhead of like a TV network. Um Compared to like CBN or TBN or uh, PTL. So I don't I know. I gotcha. Could be speaking out of my ass. I don't know. But uh, uh, we won't go into the 80 election, but briefly, the moral majority basically organized and removed Carter from office, propped up and put in their evangel- evangelical messiah, Ronald Reagan. Um, now that Ronnie was in power, Jerry and the majority took their sights and aimed them on gays, women, in entertainment like music and pornography. Mm. Jerry went right after low-hanging fruit and started attacking in pornography, but mainly Larry Flint. I'm sure we have all heard the long list of names, but Jerry used them all to demonize Flint. Flint was promoting slime, going after children and women, allowing gays to push their agenda, who will turn your kids gay. He was destroying society, blah, 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 pervert, everything, everything you can think of. Um, Larry saw this and heard this all, and he wanted to troll the shit out of all of them, especially Jerry Falwell. During the early 80s, an Italian alcohol, an Italian liqueur company named Campari ran printed ads where celebrities would do an interview talking about their first time. Now, in the end of the tantalizing interview, you realize that it's not the first time having sex they're talking about, but the first time trying Campari. 
in November 1983 issue of Hustler, which which was published in, in October, Flint took this idea and ran with it and ran the same type of ad, but with Jerry Falwell as the fake interviewee. And now with us, we have Jerry Falwell risen from the grave, and he's taken time out of his busy schedule of sitting by Jesus' side while they make homophobic jokes at each other to help us read this ad. Mr. Falwell, are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> uh, Jerry Falwell talks to us about his first time. Mr. Falwell, tell us about My your first time. My first time was in an outhouse outside Lynchburg, Virginia. Wasn't it a little cramped? Not after I kicked the goat out. I see. You must tell us about it. I never really expected to make it with Mom, but then after she showed me all the other guys in town such a good time, I figured, what the hell? But your mom, isn't that a bit odd? I don't think so. Looks don't mean that much to me in a woman. Uh, go, go on, please. Well, we were drunk off our God-fearing asses on camera party. Ginger ale and soda. That's called a fire and brimstone hall. All that at the time, and Mom looked better than a Baptist hall with a hundred-dollar donation. Campari in the crapper with Mom? Uh, how interesting. How, how was it? The Campari was great. But mom passed out before I could come. Did you ever try again? Sure. Lots of times. But not in the outhouse. Between mom and the shit, the flies were too much to bear. Uh, we we meant Campari. Oh, yeah. I always get sloshed before I go out to the pump. You don't think I could lay down all that bullshit sober, do you? God damn. And at the bottom of the ad, it reads, uh, Campari, you'll never forget your first time, with an asterisk under it that says, ad parody not to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Now, either Jerry saw an opportunity for a win over the porn industry, or like most bullies, don't like getting punched. So he got mobilized right after the ad came out and started seeking donations from his followers to fight back. He was actually really upset because that he was just like going through that issue and just, you know, going to town on himself. And then he saw that and it really took him out of the mood and he was pissed. Yeah, no, I don't really know if he was if he was never really understood if he was angry about like, I never really know what's real with him. With I think most it was just... these guys probably just a publicity and money thing yeah maybe um i'd like to think that the fact that he was really upset about it um that's probably uh, honestly it was he's, his ego was more than likely really hurt <laughs> yeah i could also see his wife just being absolutely devastated with it and just like he can't take it like her just complaining about it non-stop so he's just, your like, mother fucking... <laughs> and the goat what the fuck about the goat they don't even bring it back up <laughs> Uh, by October 31st, 1983, Jerry filed a suit against Hustler and Flint uh, for libel and intentional infliction of emotional distress. <laughs> Apparently, the prank master, the women manipulator, the gay basher, Dude. the master hate monger of them all couldn't take a fucking joke and his feelings were hurt. 
that fucking snowflake right the complete fucking just the hilarity in him doing that to so many other people Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was more going on behind the scenes with falwell to the outside world he was trying to play himself as as he was trying to play himself off as a humble preacher trying to save the souls but being attacked by the most vile of society with the disgusting most disgusting words ever used against somebody so holy among his followers he uses a rallying cry from casetext.com on November 15, 1983, Moral Majority Inc., a conservative political lobbying group, sent out two mailings signed by Falwell. One was directed to approximately 500,000 500, rank and file members. It described the parody with, without including a copy of the actual parody and asked for contributions to help Falwell defend his mother's memory in court. The second mailing was directed to about 26,900 major donors and included a copy of the parody with (laughs) eight of the most offensive words blacked out. (laughs) They can't handle this. And you're paying, you're donating, and you're getting censored material. Oh, come on, I'm a premium member. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the good stuff. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> it also requested donations to help finance finance it. It also I can't oh, I smoke too much before <laughs> when I got home. Um, it <laughs> also because I'm doing it right now. <laughs> it also requested donations to help finance it, finance Falwell's suit against Hustler. <laughs> help us with our unnecessary court fees. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Three days later, <laughs> Old Time Gospel Hour, a corporate sponsor of religious television and radio broadcast, mailed a solicitation including a copy of the parody to approximately 750,000 supporters of its program. This, this letter was also signed by Falwell, but focused on the need to keep Falwell's religious television stations open in order to combat people like Larry Flint, in Hustler's publishers, Hustler's publications. Within 30 days of the mailing, the moral majority received approximately $45,000 from major donors, oh uh, the God. major donor letters, and the old-time Gospel Hour received approximately $672,000 from its letter. Oh, fuck. Oh, a moral fuck. majority executive admitted that the intent behind including copies of the parody was to raise money. Finally, on December 4th, 1983, and December 11th, 1983, my second, my third birthday, Falwell displayed the parody during a nationwide television broadcast of his weekly (laughs) sermon on the Old Time Gospel Hour. The amount Mm -hmm. of contributions generated from this broadcast is not in the record. What a piece of shit. You can only assume... That it was probably somewhere between $45,000 and $675,000, if not more. So, so is that this the is all about show? Uh, that was the TV show. That was the TV show. Okay, that's what I thought. So he was like just on there with like a fucking presentation, just like a mm-hmm. giant printout of it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he says, look what they said about your boy. They said that he had sex with a goat and his mother. 
This is not necessary, folks. Give me some money so I can take their ashes to court. Seriously, he probably <laughs> made made like two million dollars at least just from sending all that shit out. Um, Guys, please! I took some secret documents that were classified that I should not have taken, and I put them in my own house in Florida at a place called Margalago. <laughs> <laughs> I need some money for my legal troubles. <laughs> for these unnecessary legal fees. Fucking Regina, I, I caused this problem. Am I the drama? Is it me? Um, <laughs> now, now, Jerry Fall would have loved that song. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, now, Flint tried to sue over the use of his advertisements to fundraise, but it was thrown out. Uh, Jerry's lawsuit went forward, though. In of course, February, it did. <laughs> in February 1984, Flint doubled down and published the ad again, but this time for bail. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking G. <laughs> it's like you and some mobster getting someone to take someone out while you're still inside. <laughs> uh, he was sentenced to jail uh, for 15 he months. in a message. <laughs> he was sentenced to jail uh, for 15 months uh, for contempt of court from another trial. Um, in March uh, 1984, a few weeks before his charges were dismissed, he was held for a deposition by Falwell's attorneys. He looked like absolute shit. He was he already he already looks like shit to begin with, but uh he yeah. was bearded, he had bed sores, and was either deliberately or was uh uh under duress to um he was either forced to do this or not. I'm not sure if he was. Yeah, he looked like he was completely out of it. Mm, it um, sounds just like how you would describe Woody Harrelson. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, the deposition. Uh, hey, he played him in that movie, right? I've never seen it. He did. He did. He did a great okay, job. Okay, okay. I was about to say, um, did I just seriously offend Woody Harrelson? No. <laughs> He's like the chillest dude. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, the deposition was basically Flint going on and on about Falwell fuck, fucking kids and animals and at points he wasn't making any sense whatsoever his mm. defense tried to get it thrown out but that did not succeed um you can watch uh portions of the deposition online um it really is something to watch um uh the trial went forward the jury found that hustler couldn't be held guilty for libel but fell found them guilty for an intentional infliction of emotional distress and awarded Falwell $200,000. Oh, fuck you. This was pocket change to Larry Flint and absolutely was not the point to him. Right. Flint, without realizing it, put the very idea of free speech on the line by appealing the case. If a public figure could sue for emotional distress each time someone made a joke about them, it would eliminate the very idea of free speech and that it would change challenge authority and and that is to challenge authority and its power mm -hmm. flint appealed to the fourth circuit they rejected his appeal and flint was left with one last avenue and that would be the supreme court fortunately for us all the supreme court heard the case falwell was confident he had won the last two cases he had political, spiritual, and societal sway, and Larry Flint was a scum of the scum of the earth. Right. Uh, he was he was the scum 
that was offended to be associated with that scum. Oh, um, that's fucking grody. Uh, if anything else, Flint would be wouldn't be able to control himself, and he yeah. would shoot himself in the foot regardless. With scum, yeah, <laughs> which is shoe cum. <laughs> Remember, this isn't the first time that he was in front of the Supreme Court, and he had already called the court assholes and a cunt and lost. Oh, yeah, you just told me about that, and I already forgot yeah. it. <laughs> I'm gonna put this vape down. <laughs> Surprisingly, to just about everyone, Flint behaved himself and remained silent and still during the during the court session. The Supreme Court ruled in an 8-0 decision that the public cannot be held liable for parody or satire against public figures. Hell yeah. They used Thomas Nast and Harper's Weeklies as examples of a rich history of satire and parody against public and political figures. Chief that's, Judge... That's that uh, artist that you talked about before for with the Senate, yeah. right? Yep, yep. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist said, quote, society may find speech offensive. Society may find speech offensive is not a sufficient reason for suppressing it. Indeed, if it is the speaker's opinion that aff- get, that gives offense, that consequence is a reason for according it constitutional protection. Yeah, it sounds like the only one that would have a problem with that would be a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> uh this was a humongous win for she- for free speech. Um not being kicked off of Twitter for actual free speech guys, sorry. Not being kicked <laughs> off of Twitter for trying to violently overthrow the government isn't free speech. Um uh. this sent this sent approving shockwaves around the country from comedians to journalists, good and bad. It protects this podcast from being sued from Pat Robertson from uh, our Pat Pat, uh, Mr. <laughs> Pat Pat, um, yeah. to uh, uh, Breitbart publishing uh, offensive cartoons of President Obama. Dana mm. Carvey might have never made his way into our hearts without some of his uh, impersonations. The mm. Daily Show would have never been able to happen. Somehow, Larry Flint became a national hero. Uh, when he could have just paid the two hundred thousand dollars and moved on with his life. Oh my god! Think about how much uh, South Park we would have never gotten. <laughs> Absolutely. Just think of probably your favorite artist, like co- comic or musical artist, and you probably find something that they did that could have been sued for. Oh my Weird god! Weird no. Oh my god! No robot chicken either. Nope. No. Nope. Oh god! I love robot nope. chicken. That's like my favorite. Just like. Yeah, that's such yeah. a good show. <laughs> good show for people with ADHD. Yes, um, exactly. And they just love <laughs> fucking laughing at dumb shit. Yeah. Especially if you like grew up with like 80s and 90s cartoons. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, instead of spending that small amount of money to him, uh, instead he spent millions and millions uh, in legal fees in years of his life in fighting not just this case, but other free speech cases through his history. This was also a huge slap in the face of Jerry Falwell and the religious right as a gen- as the general public got tired of their garbage and their hypocrisy through the 80s. He well, became what a- was their response, though? Like, what, what, did they like, throw a fucking fix? They were like, we all heard their one. Who, Jerry Falwell? Yeah. 
Because that's what happened, right? He won, and then he appealed it, and it got thrown out. That's what happened, right? No, I mean, he doesn't support the the decision of the court, but, I mean, mm. there's nothing really else he can do. Uh, And he's just going to say the same shit he Mm. said about the other court that did, you know, um, board versus education. I demand uh, a recount. (laughs) I mean, you can't really say anything when it's eight nothing. I mean, that's (laughs) that's hard to do. What do you Um, mean? It's a shutout. (laughs) Like this guy called them assholes and cunts and he's still like one eight to nothing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, You don't even like him. (laughs) uh, Falwell became a bigger punchline and placed himself in the cringiest parts of modern history, especially after his fight with the Teletubbies and his reasoning for 9-11. The Teletubbies. Uh, Liberty (laughs) University, on the other hand, pumped out DC talk and tons of paperwork and hidden sexual abuse claims. And his son would carry the cuck torch for, for him into the present. Um, in the late 90s, Larry King and Larry Flint uh, were on his CNN show talking about the film, The People versus Larry Flint, and Flint's new autobiography, when King brought out Falwell. Falwell what? Yeah, Falwell greeted Flint with a brotherly hug and kiss. They formed a friendship and kept in touch until Falwell's death in 2007. No, I'm like, I refuse to accept that. Larry King's like, when we got him out here, we'll talk to you. And then he just fucking <laughs> runs out there with the steel chair. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Flint and Falwell even went to law schools to talk about their trial and their free speech uh, stand standpoints and everything. Um, mm. So, yeah. Uh, I was Larry... just all feeling like it was fucking staged. <laughs> no, well, I, part of me, but I mean, I was listening to somebody else talk about it one time, and they said that uh, white old people with money like old white people with money. Um, oh, right, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, that's <laughs> <laughs> one of those phrases where you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah it kind of makes sense. Uh, Larry Larry Flint saved this country from Jerry Falwell in the idea that someone like Jerry Falwell could be emotionally damaged from a publication that was announced as a parody, even though it really didn't have to, uh, that none of his followers were supposed to be reading in the first place is absurd. But <laughs> right, that's the... <laughs> that's the point. Jerry wanted to stand up. Uh, on that insane rationale and win and nothing has changed jerry wanted to send a message to the non-christian world to not fuck with the bull because if you say something derogatory against us we will go after you and take your money and time Mm. if this would have been if this would have been upheld I truly believe that every major evangelical leader would go through every piece of media they could find that to find something that hurt their feelings and they would sue that publication into bankruptcy or to at least keep them into line. Thank you to Larry Flint for punching that fucking son of a bitch right into his pride. Yeah, man. And that's the episode for today. Yeah, man, you're fucking punching his balls. That is, um, yeah, man. So I've, 
a lot of these fucking uh, televangelists and shit that we've been covering, it's I didn't know shit about them, but their voices and their teachings were mm-hmm. so prominent in my life. Like I didn't even know what they looked like because my dad would just play these fucking sermons nonstop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't even it's know what a... Dobson looked like till a couple months ago. I'm not even lying. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing how all of these people are so drenched in hate and that's what's uh, blowing my fucking mind man so much like anti-civil rights bullshit and it's so blatantly obvious that's what's the most fucking disturbing thing and then for all of us that were raised in this shit to be like to have parents that were like is the guys we should follow right there's no way that they didn't know about this shit this i don't think they cared that's I mean, what I'm if saying. It, if they... if it would have come up, I don't think it would. They would have cared. They would have. They would have uh, excused it away or been like, "Well, he's not like that anymore." Because Jerry Falwell did right. come out and and say that he was. Absolutely. He's not like that anymore, or whatever. But like, yep. and he people was, can change. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know exactly. People also what want the fuck money. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Rents due next month, just like last month, buddy. <laughs> So you're realizing that, you know, black people still can give 10% of their money to your, to your church and can spend the money to send their kids to your college. Um, I'm sure that was one of the arguments that was used when they finally started accepting them. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, their money's green. I don't really care about their skin color kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really fucked up and them kind of. You know, we kind of wonder why now the church is so racist, but it's just like it's been there the whole time um, in the shadows. Uh, yeah, that's what was fucking with me a lot last episode with the anti-Semitism thing. Like, it's just that was like, you know, that as you grow older, you see the racism. It becomes more apparent before you leave. You know, it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. a lot of people do leave. But then with the anti-Semitism thing, man, it was just. It's so laced into everything. It's really fucking. But this is too. It's just. And the moments where you're like, you think you do separate it. It's like, no, look under here, too. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, really got to. I mean, as much as a lot of people don't like Larry Flint and there's a lot not to like about the man. Mm. um, uh, He is kind of a piece of shit. But uh, at the same time. um. He stood up to one of the biggest bullies this country has ever known. Um, and not just in in Jerry Falwell, but just in the organizational sense of like the moral majority or like the evangelical right standing up against them. Um, right. And, and like taking it to the Supreme Court and spending, I think they spent like $5 million uh, in total yeah. uh, to fight this case of when he could have just Blanket. paid 200000 so. Flint did. What's that? I yeah, Flint, Flint did. Spent that much. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I get Flint, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, kudos to him, and and I appreciate that. And and mm. it really, I can you only imagine what this country would have been like if, uh, if that case was brought today. Um, do you it's think con- see- it's concerning? Oh yeah, there's there's so many. That's one of the weird things with all the parallels is like that 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 kind of train of thought creeps in all the time where it's just mm-hmm. like this is so similar to that if it would have just changed this one it's 
it sends you in a weird spiral a lot of the time because then it also branches out into the shit you did learn in a weird way. It's fucking yeah. freaky. Yeah, and can you? I I guarantee you, if that would have happened, you could see pastors in like every community going through their mm-hmm. their news clippings of their local papers and trying to find something derogatory said about them and being like, yeah. "Well, this caused emotional damage. I need fifty thousand dollars." You know, Dude, they would they um, would turn it into like a fucking like prayer meeting kind of thing. On mm-hmm. Tuesdays, we're going to do a Bible study and then we're going to peruse to the local social medias. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Um, Like, I'm just thinking about then, too. But like, even now, like if that came up today. Oh, back then. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They'd be like, oh, yeah, fuck, man. To, today, That's we crazy. would be fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'd be super <laughs> ruined. Super ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so uh yeah so that's gonna be <clears throat> that's gonna be the episode for today um yeah jerry falwell lost uh fuck him i don't think we're ever gonna do a jerry falwell series uh just uh based on the amount of people that have done them already and the i think you just did a pretty good pretty good like open and shut version of it I'll yeah be completely honest <laughs> and his his son has gotten more attention um then yeah, i think more scandalous yeah more scandalous and more just like kind of out in the open than him um so my but, biggest uh, disappointment is my son is his story <laughs> is much sexier than mine <laughs> so come to liberty university i just you like i was sexy story i was trying to watch the documentary and like i can't i can't like because i i just picture him sitting in the in the chair just Jack and his dick, and it just it just ruins everything. Like it's I don't. Light of mine. <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. And then he's then he's like hiding under a bushel, and he puts a solo cup under uh, over top of and it. Then he, and he's like, and then no. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throws the cup up. I'm going. And then he puts it back on it again, a little quieter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Oh fuck! Everyone in the room uh, is just watching now because he's just super entranced by his own stuff, and now it's not a group effort anymore. It's all on you again. <laughs> like Jerry, this is about us, not you, and your theatrics. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're gonna continue next week. Uh, we're done with the pornography series. Uh, next week, uh, we're gonna do something a little bit more fun, and we're going to talk DC talk. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I'm going to have my acoustic ready to go. <laughs> oh, first episode I already have written. Is this uh, one for the people. Is oh, this God. one for the love. Oh, can you sing colored people? Oh, man. I don't know if I could do that without being arrested. <laughs> <laughs> He's committing a hate crime. <laughs> I've listened to so much DC talk over the last week. It's been like I listened to I had to listen to Nirvana today just to get Jesus, Jesus freak out of my head. Dude, uh, I yeah, I can't. Yeah. DZ talk. They really get into my fucking head with a lot of their songs that are like earworms, dude. And then yeah. I don't even remember the names of them. And I'm like, I only know like four songs. And then I'll start listening to ones. And I'm like, I know this fucking song, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the words. What the fuck? <laughs> What's so, like, I can't, there was one that I can't even fucking remember anymore, but I know if I played right now, I'd be able to fucking sing it. And I would know like the beats of the breakdown and everything. Love is a verb. Oh God. That's too heaven bound. 
you're going you old school, old school. Down, down. That's more Sorry. of the. That's when they were like super rappy. Yeah, that was their first <laughs> album. Heaven Bound was yeah. their first album. I'm thinking more like Jesus Freakins. What like what if I stumble, Jesus? What's that fucking one? Oh, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, I think that's... it is. What if I stumble? No, there's one. It's oh my god, damn it! I can't remember. It's fucking killing me. I know if I said it, we'd probably both be like fuck yeah, start singing it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I pulled it up too. They're um. The track listing for Jesus Freak is So Help Me God, Colored People, Jesus Freak, What If I Stumble, Day by Day, Miss Morgan, Between You and Me. Oh, God, that's one of them. Just between you and me. Yep. yep. I got something to say. say. Yep. <laughs> uh, like it, love it, need it. Uh, oh, supernatural! That's another one. Supernatural. Yeah, I don't know that one. That was that was after me. That was. Yeah, I just love me. <laughs> yes. Oh, that? yep. The, yeah, that was a ninety-eight one, album. Uh, I never listened to that one. The one after, I think it was the one after Toby Mac left, where it's like my my dear friend. Like, do you remember? It was like a fucking just a letter, basically to him. Ah, shit. Was it solo? It was just the two dudes, I think. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't care if it's dead air for a second. I'm looking this up because it was like, I remember my father, when it came out, he was such a big DC Talk fan. He was like, you know, because Toby Mac, he had to leave and he wanted to be more mainstream and they stayed true to their Christian roots. And and I was just like, okay, okay. So this is like, this is a big deal. <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't know what album that was. This is it, my friend, so long. One, two, three, four. We know exactly where you are and you're gone, my friend. So fucking childish, dramatic. Well, if so you want long. to, if you want to, we're going to do the first. We're going to go from their start to right before Jesus Freak comes out for the first episode. So hopefully we do that Friday. So if you want to brush up on your your early uh dc talk that would be cool now, see this is where um, it always fucks with me because i will start listening to this and then i will spiral and i'll be listening to newsboys in a couple days and then i'll be well that's where up. that's what goes that's where dc talk goes anyway so yeah we uh, they, oh, god damn they do see this is why i'm excited that you are actually doing this because we talked about doing it before you're like i don't know there's not a lot of drama or there's not a, no you didn't say drama you said that there's not a lot of scandal around it controversy like, controversy it's... that's the word you used yeah and i was like yeah i guess you're right but then like if you look at the actual like drama are like it looks very dramatic because of the newsboys stuff <laughs> i don't even know a lot about that um i just well, i was just you just started it right what doing this the writing it oh, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah um oh my god i forgot about this song dude time is my one? dad played this at fucking okay so my dad forced me to play football when i was like 11 years old or nine okay. 10 years old and he was the fucking announcer at the fucking games because he was a dj and he played time is by dc talk during the fucking fucking timeouts and i <laughs> forgot about that till just now and i fucking want to punch somebody in the mouth Oh, dude, right, well, this is let's... triggering the shit out. Of me. <laughs> well, that's very rad. I'm very happy about it. Let's let's finish this real quick. All right, I'm just gonna uh, keep this playing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can email us at uh, 
Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. They had a song called Two Hunks and a Negro. We're gonna get into that next week. I don't. I. I. I honestly, that's a portion of the episode. Okay, you can uh, cut that if you want, because I was no, not I, fucking aware to, of that. Because they were on Arsenio Hall. Are you kidding me? That's when that came up, and that portion is cut into that album from when they were on Arsenio Hall, I believe. Dude, that's so, very crazy. Yeah. Um. I want to thank the band Iron Cheek for letting users use their song Those Heads Are Our Heads for our intro and outro song. Uh, please email us at chat, not chat, excuse, at xcompod at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, and review everything that we do on all of your social, whatever media you use to listen to us with. Um, please, again, email us. We'd love to hear from you. Message Absolutely. us also on any of our social medias. Uh, mm-hmm. You can follow us on XCOMPOD on just about everything uh, except mm-hmm. for Facebook. Uh, we're the X Communication Station podcast on Facebook. Um, the only thing we don't have is Twitter, uh, but we have just for about obvious else. reasons. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And when you message us, you can message us uh, if you want to, like, you want to talk about something, you want to vent. We don't have to respond. You need to say something to get it out. If you want to suggest something for us to talk about, you know, you have a, like anything you want to talk about, shoot it to any of us. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you can follow me at Chaz X Cure on Instagram or 17 underscore seconds on Instagram. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Antonio, Gavin, and I talk all things cure related. And uh, Donovan, do you have anything for us? A hot take? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to do throw two at you really quick. Uh, a serious one and then a funny one to lighten it up. So the serious one is uh, I think that uh, people need to talk about and uh, understand a little bit more when it comes to like small triggers. Because I think like like the whole idea of triggers is becoming more socially like talked about and acceptable mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's awesome. But it seems to be like people like mainly think about like just yelling or you know like fights yeah like that's a trigger but there there's a lot of small things that can trigger somebody and it gets used a lot uh Mm -hmm. as like a as a catch-all like like if you get upset about something like if you know you you dropped your phone oh that triggered me you know what i mean yeah but there are small triggers like certain movies trigger me because it Mm -hmm. was used for certain things you know what i mean and stuff and if somebody says that they're triggered about something that may seem small to you, like take it serious for like, see what's going on. You know what I mean? That's, that's the big, like, that's my main one. You know what yeah. I mean? No, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Like loud card horns, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fucking send my anxiety to like 11. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I gotcha. Go ahead. What's your, what's your funny one? Mr. Funny Pants, because that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, this is uh, uh, I won't say how, but your opinion, anyone, anyone's opinion of meatloaf will affect my opinion of you. And I won't tell you if it's negative or positive, but you will definitely be able to tell. So, <laughs> so Chaz, how do you feel about meatloaf and his the music? Food? The, no, no, oh, the music, oh. not not the, the singer as a person. We all know that he was not the greatest. Yeah. I followed him on Facebook for a while. 
he had some problematic stuff uh, yeah. as a musician. Hell of a voice. Um, yeah, as a, as a musician, how do you feel about his music? D- didn't understand how he became a thing. Um, I never really looked in what into regard, it. like how he became such a big artist. Like, I mean, his voice, dude, man. Just dude named Meatloaf that looked that like looked like he did. That's one of the uh, biggest. I'm not gonna lie. One of the biggest reasons I love him is because of that. Because oh, absolutely. Not only, well, not right. Not only was he like his name was crazy. He had like one of the weirdest fucking physiques to be a sex symbol in the rock world. Mm-hmm. But he also was singing every single song about "Please have sex with me." I'm super desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every fucking one of them was amazing. I fucking love Milo so much. Like I can listen to any one of his songs and serotonin. <laughs> I I would equate him to Dusty Rhodes of WWF. Because, okay. Do you know who Dusty Rhodes is? No. Uh, he was very fat, uh, blonde-haired okay. dude. Mm. Um, uh, but like he gave kind of like everybody kind of hope because he was like the working man's wrestler at a time when everybody was jacked and like, like just muscles everywhere and steroids. And he was like the big fat dude that was winning championships Ah. kind of thing. And like like, Chris Pratt before everyone knew who Chris Pratt really was. Yeah. And he talked with a lisp really hard and like, Mm. yeah, so I, I really love Dusty Rhodes. Uh, so yeah, just like that. Yeah. So hell but, yeah, man. Well, I guess I made yeah. it apparent. If you like meatloaf, I yeah. like you. If you don't like meatloaf, I'm probably not going to like you too much. Yeah. And he's Bob <laughs> with the bitch tits. So yeah, dude, he's, t- but he, see, I don't, <laughs> okay. Well, it also links back to the whole trigger thing because I've I mentioned it before, but Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of my like things that fucks with me really bad because some mm-hmm. shit that happened with somebody. But he was in that, and mm-hmm. that was my introduction to him. And I took okay. that from that, and it was kind of like a big like win for me, where I'm like, ha, 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 fuck you, and you fucking with me. I took this, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's not just a the therapeutic thing. His music's fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, like Razor's Edge, man. Oh, to, dude, dude, took the words right out of my mouth. That's my shit. And motherfucker sang with Cher, bro. Like, dude. I'm not really a Cher fan, but yeah. Uh, All right. Well, this yeah. is a this is an ex, ex uh, <laughs> communication podcast. <laughs> Do you believe it No, if you don't listen to gypsies, tramps, and thieves, and fucking lose your shit, you're not. You don't have a soul. <laughs> I don't have a soul. I've never listened to it before. But okay, uh, I guarantee you get off of this right now and you go listen to that gypsies, tramps, and thieves. You fucking lose your <laughs> mind, bro. And every night the men will come around and lay the money down. <laughs> all right we'll leave it there uh chrissy doesn't have anything worse today but uh join us next time yeah, remember dc talk start listening now yeah Get they down need... with the dc talk make sure you tune in because you know some people have to learn the hard way yeah <laughs> i got something to say about that song yeah. Uh, uh uh yeah i guess that's it uh peace be with you and with your spirit and everybody say, I like my looks. I like my personality. The second that I'm awake, then maybe the reason I'd rather be sleeping. You try and you make it work. It's not real if it doesn't hurt.
Hey everyone, I got sources for you. I have The Nation, Age of Intolerance. I have AJC.com, which is uh, Atlanta Journal Constitution, porn publisher Larry Flint, shot in Gwyneth. I have AtlantaMagazine.com, which is flashback Larry Flint, shot in Lawrenceville. I have WIU.edu. Jerry Falwell, The Rise of the Moral Majority in the 1980 Election. I've used that a number of times on the show before. Uh, I have NBC News, Larry Flint, Hustler Magazine, founder, dies at 78. I have WCPO.com, Court Battle Controversy, Dominate Hustler, founder, Larry Flint's History with Cincinnati. M... TSU.edu, the First Amendment Cyclopedia, Larry Flint. UPI.com, Penthouse Execs on Stand Amid Topless Picks. Salon.com, Citizen Flint. Vanity Fair. Inside Jerry Falwell Jr.'s Unlikely Rise and Precipitous Fall at Liberty University. There was just some information about his father in there that I took. Uh, Britannica, Jerry Falwell, that was just some bio information. School of Graduate Studies at ETSU. Radical Religious Rebels, The Rise of Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority. Medium.com, MLK, Jerry Falwell and History. The Atlantic, Falwell versus MLK. Salon, how Jerry Falwell helped pave the way for the white nationalist horrors of the Trump era. Moment Mag, how Jerry Falwell changed the Republican Party. NPR, Falwell's conflicted legacy. Masson.us, Falwell on race. 365christianmen.com, Jerry Falwell Sr., U.S. Pastor, uh, The Nation. Oh, I already did that. Age of Intolerance. Then I have JSTOR.org, just, just a Bunch of Agitators by Joseph Kip Koesk. Digital Commons, Liberty.edu. This is actually a really good article from uh, somebody at Liberty. Equal in a site, an examination of evolving opinions on race in the life of Jerry Falwell Sr. Kind of edgy for doing it at Liberty University. Scholarworks.wm.edu, William and Mary. Thomas Road Baptist Church, a study of new fundamentalism. Uh, women in Lynchburg Civil Rights Movement from the Lynchburg Museum System. Had some information on protests. And then I have Hustler Magazine versus Falwell at uh, Alcheron. The Compare ad I got from a number of sources um, for the best picture I got. I believe it was from um, Pinterest, but that goes somewhere else. It might have been eBay. Sorry, I don't have that source, but you can look it up online. Falwell versus Flint, famous trials. That was also in time. Casetext.com, Hustler Magazine versus Moral Majority. 
Hustler Magazine uh, versus Larry Flint, or Hustler Magazine uh, versus uh, Jerry Falwell, which was lawcornell.edu. Um, Around the Nation, Flint goes to prison for contempt of court. That was the New York Times. And I believe that is it. So thank you very much. Uh, join us next week when we're talking DC Talk.